Alma Siegel travelled across the teeming city to the edge of the eastern districts to look at photographs of the unnamed dead. They were displayed in a corridor at police headquarters, lined up inside glass cabinets, beneath each one a slip of paper bearing information on the place and date of discovery. Waste ground off Danziger Straße, 24th of January, Anhalter Station Public Lavatories, 7th of February, Landwehr Canal at Cottbusser Bridge, 15th of April. The corridor was busy. People came to police headquarters for many different reasons, to present themselves at the Alien Registration Office, to obtain a visa, to look for lost property or report a theft. They jostled her as they hurried by, all purpose and expedient haste, never pausing to look at the rows of frozen faces staring at them through the glass. Her old friend Robert insisted on coming with her. It was he who had introduced her to Martin Kirsch in the first place. The two men were colleagues at the Charité Psychiatric Clinic, and no doubt Robert felt it was his duty to rally round. In any case, he assured her the trip to police headquarters was just a formality. Her fiancé wasn't likely to be found among the faces in the cabinets. They belonged to labourers, immigrants, maids, and working women, by which he must have meant prostitutes. A man of Martin's standing, a doctor of psychiatry, didn't keep that kind of company. And so it had proved. The stiff, white collars of the professional classes were rarely to be found around the necks of the unnamed dead. Their shirts were open-necked and dark-coloured so as to hide the dirt, and there was a coarseness about them, a raggedness that went beyond the condition of their clothes. They were photographed at the scene, rolled onto their backs where necessary, lit up in the brilliance of a magnesium flash, skin starkly white against bottomless black shadows. Gravity tugged at their cheeks and their hair, which gave many the appearance of facing into a gale, eyes squinting or half-closed, mouths open as if gasping for a final breath. Since the beginning of the year, more than a hundred of them had been gathered from all over Berlin. Identification was the sole purpose of the display. The slips of paper made no distinction between unsolved murders, suicides, and deaths from exposure, although sometimes the distinction was all too evident. A trickle of blood running down a man's face, a leather tourniquet twisted tight around a woman's outstretched neck. The drowned were the worst, caked in slime, flesh, bloated and split open, as if they had eaten themselves to death. The bodies were kept at the morgue for a few weeks, then disposed of. Most of the nameless dead had, in fact, already ceased to exist in any physical sense. All that remained of them, the only evidence that they had ever lived, were the police photographer's snapshots pinned up in the corridor. Even this courtesy was temporary, after a few months, the prints were taken down and filed away in the basement, never to be seen again. Alma brought along a photograph. 
Martin, looking uncharacteristically suave in a three-piece suit, hair a little longer than usual, so that it flopped gamely over his forehead, smiling as he squinted into the light. The police officers examined the picture and declared that they had never seen him before. He wears spectacles, she said, for reading. But still they shook their heads. She came back every few days, alone. The officers got used to seeing her and would give her a smile as she walked in. She wasn't like the women they usually had to deal with, with her strawberry blonde curls and pretty retrousse nose, her tailored jackets and polka dot scarves. Everything about her gave off an aura of expense, her skin, her slender legs and delicate ankles, her upright bearing, the melodious clack of her heels.